Hey there, listeners. Richard here. Big news. Three Song Stories is now also a radio show. We'll be on the air at WGCU in Southwest Florida every Saturday morning at 10. You can also listen live online at WGCU's website or on the app. And if you do, you'll notice that the version that we put on the air and on the website are the long versions of the songs, which I know you've been missing. You have to check out both, though, because the episodes here and the ones on the air are not always the same guest. And the ones here on the podcast will always be the longer version of the conversation. Okay, here's the show. One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast where we discover the hidden treasures in our guests' past, using their connection to music as a map. Thanks for listening. I'm Richard Chinqui. My guest today is Sean Milchin. Sean is a channel partner program executive at Bluecrest. I don't know what those words in that order mean, but he said that that means he's a salesman. Really, though, he's been many things through his life. A missionary, a carpet store worker, and a mailing equipment salesman. That last one stuck. Sean went from almost being fired his first year to being the number one salesman in the U.S. within four years and with no college degree. He's been a family friend since before I was born, I think, and as long as I've known him, he's been on the grind and moving somewhere new. We counted 17 houses roughly off air. But now that his sons are all grown up and he's got his first grandkid, he slowed down just enough for me to talk him into doing an episode, which I did while in his home office while on vacation. All right, on to the show. Hey, Sean. Hi, Richard. How are you? I feel I'm, like we've been here before. We have been here before. I, In full disclosure, we just talked for like four or five minutes, not recording anything, yeah. but uh, here we go. Uh, I'm in your house, and that is not weird because we've done, I've done shows on the road before, and we've done episodes of this on the road before, but I just want to thank you for kind of like not only being on, but for letting us do this in your house while we're hanging out. That's really cool. It's my pleasure. It's wonderful having you, Chrissy and uh, Zoe here. Thank you. So that car we were in today, your car, how much horsepower does that car have? It has 763 horsepower to the wheel and 843 pounds of torque. It was really fast. Uh, Thank you for taking me out. That is exhilarating. Yeah, I had a good time. How would you describe the musical background of your childhood? Um, well, at, a, at an early age, um, I was introduced to Jewish uh, music, uh, hymnals, songs that were very heart-wrenching, a lot of sadness, uh, a lot of crying out, um, a lot of worship of the uh, Jewish people. You know, I heard that a lot in synagogue and That was my initial exposure to music. And and as I got a little bit older, um, you know, we started to listen to music in the household uh, and on the radio, like uh, your Janiseans and your Roberta Flacks and your Fleetwood Macs and your Bostons and Chicago and ELP and, you know, those groups. And um, 
when you started to listen to that, because you mentioned early on, there wasn't, you know, early on it was, it was synagogue and you know other like religious based music yeah what's the earliest you remember your parents with any kind of um let's say secular or popular music or was that no was that you and your siblings yeah my sister and i bonnie uh she uh, picked up the guitar and actually was a very good guitar player and singer uh my parents were more into the the Don't Cry For Me Argentina songs. and But, you know, just songs from their generation that made them think about, you know, their growing up. So there was a obviously a divide between our generation and theirs. It was pretty evident in the household. Um, maybe something you, you and your sister maybe bonded over. Yes. Did you, like, share music, like, listen to music together? Yes, 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 absolutely. Did you ever introduce her to me, to any new music? Or was she on the front of that? No, she was out front. Do you? Oh, did you ever uh, learn to play any instruments? Um, I mean, I. It's kind of funny as I as I had said earlier. I uh, tried to learn to play a juice harp just so that I could play something. My sister was playing a guitar. I couldn't figure out how to play guitar. And for people who don't know that, that's like um uh, like a like a hillbilly yeah instrument sound. It's the like that you stick in your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, do you? I I genuinely don't know how you actually do that. Do you have to bite it and then you like flick it? Uh, I think you kind of like uh, you put your teeth on the top and the bottom of it, and then you have this thing that you pluck, and then based on how you move your mouth, it makes a noise. But I couldn't get it. To stop hitting my teeth, so I didn't last very long with the juice harp. And um, <laughs> if you could instantly learn any instrument, um, what would you learn? I definitely would be an electric guitar. Yeah, I just I love uh, the thrashing and sound noise of um, electric guitar. You know, some of the, like we talked, uh, you know, we were listening earlier to mm-hmm. Metallica. Right. Yeah. So uh, in anticipation of this episode, you asked for an episode and um, <clears throat> I, went get, I went ahead and gave you mine. And yeah. so my first song was Metallica and her Sandman. Yeah. And um, you walked over to your wife and played that part for her to yeah. see if she recognized it. Oh, she yeah. was like, you used to listen to this all the time. Yeah. And, um, and you mentioned that you would like blast it driving uh-huh. in a twin turbo Porsche. Yeah. And it struck me that like the overlap of people who listen to Metallica with the windows down and the radio up and people who drive twin turbo Porsches, it's probably a small overlap. I don't know. Maybe. But um, to me, it was appropriate or it was fitting because, you know, it's like I, to being exposed to that type of G-force and power. And when you're listening to like a group like Metallica um you know uh you know it just i don't know just something makes you feel like uh it's a power it makes you feel i don't know it evokes power or something it's yeah. kind of hard to describe really they're exhilarating in similar ways yeah maybe. um yeah. that makes sense to me um i'd be a metallic fan so <laughs> um <laughs> um do you remember the first time you saw a live musical performance uh outside of uh synagogue or temple i guess yeah. Um yeah, I saw I remember seeing Super Tramp and um Cheap Trick. Those are the two concerts that I remember the most. How old are you? Uh 14, 15 years old. Must have been like 19 
75, 76. I'm going to guess it wasn't a family trip. It was To go not. see like Super Oh, trend. no. Oh, no. Um, Families were not invited. Yeah. So you and your friends. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did your sister ever go to any of those concerts with you? Uh, no. Yeah. She didn't. She had her, she was a few, she's a few years older and she had her own. Her, yeah. But you didn't go to her concert. No. <laughs> like the other way around kind of. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you remember the first music that you owned that was like yours? That's a good question. I would say I was listening to and enthralled with Supertramp before they became popular. And then they became popular. How'd you first hear them? Um, I mean, I heard them on the radio, I think, but uh, it wasn't the band that they were playing a lot. The Long Way Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that was one of the first songs I heard, and then I listened to more of them, and I was like, and then they got real popular. So I'd say, I'd say definitely, it's Supertramp. Cool. All right. Um, well, I'd like to, I'd like to get into your first song. Um, so, uh, what do you want to listen to here? Well, I'd say uh, first song would probably be Cats in the Cradle. Mm-hmm. Harry Chapin. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell the story first or do you want to listen to the song? What do you want to do? Um, well, I mean, I would just say, yeah. I mean, I would say that very shortly after my wife and I had our first boy, David, um, who I used to babysit oh my as a teenager. <laughs> and I don't remember if I had heard it before, probably had, I don't know when the song came out, but, uh, 74. Well, then definitely after yeah. that, <laughs> since he was born in <laughs> 1990, but it didn't resonate, but it, but then it did, you know, um, because, you know, as, this, as you'll hear from the song, it's, uh, my child arrived just the other day, you know, and uh, as I, I listened to it, I remember um, I was in the throes of the beginning of a career in uh, at Pitney Bowes in sales, and my wife had decided she didn't want to work anymore because she was so distraught leaving David. Mm. Um, yeah. to a babysitter. Yeah. And so that meant that I had to not only uh, continue to make the money I did, and I was on commission, but also now make complement it with the, uh, supplement it with the money she was making. So I started, I had to, I became fully invested in my work, much more fully invested. And then I heard this song, and all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I hope this is not going to become me. You know, please, please, Lord, don't let it become me. Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin, um, off the 1974 album Verities and Balderdash. (laughs) What do you feel when you, you know, when you listen to that? Well, a lot of things I feel a lot of regret because I I put so much emphasis into my work 
um, so that I could give him and then Matthew what I felt they needed or what a father should give their kids to take care of them. You know, a lot of that being material stuff. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that so much of that was insignificant, but you can't, you can't get the time back. I mean, you're right. And I, I also think that it's this natural inclination that we have, you know, I, I don't want to put it squarely like this is a dad thing, but I think a lot of dads have this where like I can track performance like at work or like I can track a bank account or I can track an amount of possessions. And so like tracking interactions is ephemeral. Like it's easier to go. I know I'm winning because I look at the numbers. Yeah. And so it's like a safer place to, to commit, mm -hmm. you know, like there are times when I'm like, I didn't see Zoe very much today. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. was that okay? <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, I mean, so often, you know, the boys will be like, you know, they went to Lion Country Safari and they would go to the park and they would do this and they would do that. And those were lasting memories for them, which I didn't participate in a lot of those because I was out fighting the fight against the shark in the infested waters to conquer and win, to, to set an example, to show, hey, this is what's possible. This is what you can achieve, you know. And they were definitely, at that age of life, um, that has, like, no significance to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, I mean, what about now? Like, um, on either side, like, do they, do they see, you know, how, I mean, you're, <laughs> Matthew has a child. Yeah. Your, your grandfather. Yeah. He is a father. Amazing. You yeah. know, has he thought about that, do you think? I think what I'm, I'm very proud about with Matthew is, uh, number one, he is, uh, He's, uh, has, he's very loyal to his heart and to his faith. Uh, he has a lot of goodness in helping other people. And um, he is very balanced when it comes to making sure that he doesn't work so much that he's taken a, that much time away from his, his uh his uh, wife and his daughter, and I'm very proud about that. David is, he's a lot like me, except the thing is, is that he's smarter <laughs> and better looking. <laughs> but, you know, he's not married, doesn't have kids. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's fighting the fight, going out in the shark infested waters, yeah. et cetera without the responsibilities of having a wife and, and sure. children to take care of. 
and so and so they've they've learned um some balance that I didn't have you know I've heard it said that um smart people learn from their mistakes but really smart people learn from other people's mistakes yeah and I, I do like you that. would you say I mean I ha- I don't know the conversations you've had but um do you think that your boys might have learned because of what you now say is a regret, like that they maybe have perspective on, on that for them. I mean, I would say I'd like to think so. I mean, they've never actually come out and said that because that might come off as hurting dad's feelings or something like that. But yeah, but, um, I just, I'm, however they got there, I'm happy that they're there. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Um, All right. Um, when you were young, um, like high school, um, what music was, I mean, you told me kind of what you listened to, yeah. but you also kind of talked about how, you know, Super Champ wasn't like the most popular of the most popular. So yeah. what were the popular bands kind of that you, like when you think of the era and you think of your friends? Well, let's see. So, um, I was in sports. Mm-hmm. I was in wrestling and baseball, mostly baseball, really. And uh, Queen, We Are the Champions. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was like a big song when you were doing the wrestling. Um, I really don't, I don't, I don't really remember a lot of that. What about, um, if I say high school slow dance, what is the first song that popped into your head? Bette Midler, The Rose. <laughs> That's fair. It's my feminine side. <laughs> I guess. Uh, can you can you picture uh, like your prom or homecoming? No. No. <laughs> Did you go to your, your high school prom? No. Ah, I didn't. Uh, high school was a uh, was a confusing a confusing time for me because I part of me uh I mean I was very much into sports mm-hmm. and uh but I had a I had a problem sorting thoughts and emotions so um when I started to, even though I was Jewish when I I started to go to church when I was 15 mm-hmm. Um, to a girl that had invited me. And um, that was really the best thing that I had ever done. Because you know, when I met Chrissy, uh, she didn't go to church, and we call that flirt to convert. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> wow, well, yeah. Well, you know, I really liked the girl that invited me to church, and, uh, you know, she, she probably could have invited me to a seance, and I would have gone, you know. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, um, it helped a lot. (laughs) How do you usually listen to music? Uh, phone, you know, YouTube, uh, TV. Um, there's, uh, channels on our TV that are just dedicated to music and of course radio. When's the last time that you actually bought physical media for music? That you remember anyway. It doesn't have to be the actual last oh, time. Oh, man. I'd say maybe yeah, 
25, 30 years ago. Do you remember what it was? What's the last one you remember buying? Like, you know you bought it. It's the actual disc. Or... It might have been the Metallica CD. The Black Album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might have been. Um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, you can get that on vinyl now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything old is new again, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. What's vinyl? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm serious though. Like it's, I mean, yeah, you go to, um, whatever Barnes and Noble, which is also an old sentence, I guess. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, in the last 10 years or maybe 15, like, you know, vinyl has had an explosion. So, you know, um, people in high school, kids in high school, um, are preferring the physical media. You get the album, you get the album art, you get, um, kind of a, a more, ritualistic listening experience because yeah. you have to put you know put the disc and put the needle and yeah. you know there's something esoteric about it that's really appealing I think yeah um, I like that and so people are um, not only releasing new albums on vinyl like new artists with new albums but on vinyl but also a lot of younger audiences are getting to go through the back catalog you know they're listening to The Wall and they're listening to <clears throat> Van Halen 2 and yeah, well, that that's I. So let me then digress. Sure. Yeah, definitely. No Pink digression Floyd. on this show. Pink Floyd, absolutely. Yes. Um, yes is in yes the band. Yes, the band. <laughs> absolutely. I was very much into those. So uh, okay, so prog rock, like the progressive rock sound, like kind of yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I, I I have lost I have lost memory cells over the years, so yeah. That well, those will do. As that you too. talk, I. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, music does that too. Um, yeah. yeah, it does. So uh, I think that there is actually something to putting on like studio headphones like these that we're wearing, uh-huh. yeah, and then putting on like like Floyd, oh um, yeah, or Crimson King, mm-hmm. and just like close your eyes and just like listen. Um, it does something. Like I don't know what it does, but it does something. And um, yeah. You know, I, I'm not usually a sit and only listen music listener. I listen while I drive. I listen while I exercise. Sometimes I listen like while I'm cooking or something, but like, you know, very rarely just in a chair, you know, listen, but that stuff, it, it demands it. I think like, anyway, I feel like that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what's the, uh, before social distancing and stuff, um, what's the last concert that you went to? Like in person, I went. Um, there is a, a, uh, I think it was, Carrie Joby, and she was with somebody else. I don't remember whom it was, but Tim Tebow was speaking about a year and a half ago. Okay, and we went to. Hear him speak, and Carrie Joby was there with another musician. I don't remember. Sure. Yeah, okay, that was wonderful. Um, what's the furthest you ever traveled to go see a band or a musician or anything? Yeah, not not too far. I mean, you know, just a stadium within the next city over or something okay. like that. Yeah. Um, if you could see any musician or band perform, living or dead. Like at the height of their career, what would you, even before you were alive, if you want, like you know, what 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 show would you like to be at? I mean, I might say Pink Floyd. 
That's a good answer. And I don't think anybody said that yet. Yeah. 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 Pink Floyd in concert. Absolutely. No planetariums for you. We're going to the real thing. Real thing. All right. Hey, I think it's time to move into your second song. All right. Um, so uh, what'd you bring us? Dear Younger Me. So this is by Mercy Me. Yes. Do you want to tell the story first or? Well, um, yeah. I mean, when you hear the song, when I heard the song, I was like, this guy's a genius. He's, I can so relate to the words about speaking almost to your, your inner self as you were younger. It just, it's a heavy song, really. And, um, I had heard it before, but Sandra and I were on our way back from a corporate event. We were outside the country. We were flying first class. Well, I had been on first class flights before, but I hadn't been on a first class flight before where literally you were like in your own bed up there. Oh, just like with the pods kind of? Yeah. Like the, like the round. It was crazy. Yeah. It looks, it looks futuristic. It was. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, the reason I, so, you know, they give you the headsets and stuff like that. And then you have these songs you can choose from. And then I was surprised. I was like, oh my gosh, the, the group mercy me is an option. I know them. So, um, you know, because there wasn't a lot of busyness going on, there was no busyness going on. Um, to distract me, I was actually able to listen to the songs, this one in particular, and listen to the words. This was a sit down and listen. I can't tell you how many songs that I've actually listened to for years. Yeah. And then one day, I actually listened to the lyrics, thinking that I knew them. And then I really look at them like, oh my gosh, I did not realize that those were the lyrics. And these lyrics were very powerful. I was like, oh, yeah. I remember I was, I was, uh, I remember exactly where we were on that plane listening to that, uh, listening to that song. All right. Well, uh, let's, we're going to ride with you on an international yeah. flight. First class. Leave course. it on a jet plane. <laughs> that's a different know, song. Me back again. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, this is Dear Younger Me by Mercy Me off of the 2014 album, Welcome to the New. Love that Song. There's a line in there about it would be nice if things could be smoother, but maybe the things that you've done, even wrong ones, are like that's who made you you. So like, can you really change those? Things? Like, would you change them? Is a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. Um, you're in the plane there, and I imagine that this kind of, I mean, that song sitting in your office here as we do an interview thinking about music still hit me, you know, like, like a brick wall. What was it like in the plane there when you realized what this song that you'd heard before was, was really like about? Well, a little bit of the background to this is that I had, I believe I had just probably a few days prior to that. I had just given a speech, um, at this annual sales conference the content was usually, well, how did you do what you do? You know, and there's a part in the song where it says, do I give some speech about how to get the most out of your life? Or do I go deep and try to change the choices that I make? And so, whereas on the surface, 
people want to hear the magic sauce that makes you the best salesperson ever to walk the face of the earth. The trick. Yeah, you know. And this song calls out the reality, which is there's things so much deeper than that. And the, 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 the magic potion of all that other stuff is just, at the end of the day, like Solomon says, uh, in the song of in Ecclesiastes, in the, in the Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament, at the end of the day, these things are meaningless. <laughs> no. It's giving thought, what am I going, what is my legacy going to be? What am I going to do uh, to impact whatever in a positive way, starting with my, my wife and my kids, you know, and community? And uh, I was like, man, this is a good song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that is, we could do an hour on, on that topic. Yeah, the other part I like in this song is that it says, if I knew then what I know now, condemnation would have had no power. Condemnation is, oh my gosh, I did this wrong. I did all these things wrong. And it'll bury you. Um, and you can't, you know, you can't, you can make amends for things that you've done, but you can't undo the things that you've done. Mm -hmm. And the, especially the impact that when you do things that impact others' lives. So you can have your own transformation and, oh, I feel different on everything. But you, there's, you know, there's people that get damaged through um, selfish acts, if you know, yeah, yeah, so. you can't unring a bell. Can't, yeah, yeah. Um, can you quickly describe, if it's quick, if it's possible to do quickly, um, what do you do for a living, Sean? Well, I uh, I'm in sales. Um, I sell primarily uh, hardware, um, large pieces of equipment, um, which are software driven. Um, somewhere in the lower six figures to mid eight figures numbers. And I've been working for the same company for Pitney Bowes and then now an offshoot of that Bluecrest for in January, it'll be 35 years. What industry are these equipment like? Uh, well, for financial insurance, healthcare, government mm. industries. Okay. Just thought I'd, I hadn't, we hadn't talked about what you do. Yeah. So I imagine that there's a lot of communication since it's sales, like a lot of actual, like talking back and forth with people. But, um, does music ever play a part in, in work or do you ever listen to music like while you're working? Yeah. So for me, music is brings peace and calm and semblance a balance of the th of things that matter it takes me to you know the proverbial happy place mm -hmm. um it's a wonderful distraction to uh, offset the toils and challenges of a uh, of work sure okay um Hey, have you seen many or any uh, stage musicals? 
Yeah, we've seen some. Uh, we have seen some. I don't remember what they were. <laughs> Not, uh, again, that, back to you know, some of my cells are missing. Um, not really your bag or you oh, I, it's, no, I think it's, I think they're wonderful yeah. when you're, when you're, I think, oh, we saw Wicked. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. We saw some other ones. No, I love them. Some of the, uh, some of the people on Broadway's, uh, I've heard, I remember a few women and some of them were, you know, that were the lead singers were like remarkable. Mm. And, but I was like, I why aren't they known more, you know? Yeah, it seems... Uh, that's something I... Um, when... And I'm so glad that it had, like, the Disney Plus boost. Because, like, when, when Hamilton was big... the When it was big, like, it's not big. But, like, when Hamilton was first coming out, um, the the lady that plays Angelica Schuyler, it, it you hear her sing, and you think she could just have a a musical career and she wouldn't have to do all the extra Broadway stuff because the the voice, the pipes. Um, I don't know the answer to this, by the way. I'm just like, I'm, I'm with you. Like, like you have to have this incredible ability to sing live in front of people with very little augmentation as far as like amplification and act and dance. Um, and it feels like, you could fast track those people into like an easier, maybe they don't want an easier career. Maybe they like, they want to be on the stage. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, well, what about, uh, movie film versions of like, do you like movie musicals? Yeah. Um, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh yeah, sure. That's big. That's big. The biggest tradition. Yes. <laughs> uh, West Side Story. Yeah. What about Sandra? I would say that if they came on, she does get engulfed into some movies, you know, um, that, have music in them, but you know. As far as musical taste, do you and she mostly align or yeah. mostly dis? Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Uh, what is what is a let's say an artist that you two do not mesh on <laughs> on either side? I guess it would be like one that you like or she likes. Well, some of this can be mood related. Sure. Um, I'm not sure she's a fan of like Metallica. Metal in general, um, do you think? Uh, no, because we've been out like in our boat, in the boat, you know, or places where Journey, I wouldn't say, is like heavy metal or no. like that for sure. <laughs> I agree with you. Right. But, you know, uh, you know, some stronger versions of groups like that. And uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd say we agree on most, on most of it. But I'm, when it gets into heavy metal, because my perspective of heavy metal is uh it just does something to me that she's it's like driving a car fast yeah, right she's doesn't like do anything for she's her. Like, oh, yeah why why <laughs> yeah she was and asking like, us today what do you mean why <laughs> well we were talking about um um so your car is a 10 second car it is and we were talking about a car that somebody brought to a drag strip that was a nine second yeah. car and she was like, all that extra work for one second. Yeah. And we were like, but it's an important yeah. second. Oh my gosh, I know. I mean, are you serious? So music you guys agree on, yeah. maybe cars less. No, so. oh, that's very true. We do not agree on cars. Um, okay, so... Uh, oh, no. Okay, there we go. Um, do you or have you karaoke'd? I have. Do you enjoy it? I did. What uh, what song did you sing? 
I did it my way. Oh, okay. That's Sinatra, Sinatra version. Frank Sinatra. Okay. And um, if you had to karaoke, you know, like right now, like if we left right now and went to a karaoke bar, what would your go-to song be? I have no idea. Well, you're standing there on the stage with a mic in your hand. You, you got to pick a song. Can this be like a $100,000 pyramid where I say pass? No. Oh. Unless that's a song, pass. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know any songs named pass. I mean, the good news is you can't be wrong. <laughs> this is true. Uh, it's but, not. Uh, what, so like, what would be a song that you feel like you could like really do okay at in a way that would like, maybe at least people would enjoy it while you sing. I like James Taylor. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can, yeah, go for it. What, what are you, uh, what are you thinking? Hmm. Well, I would say you've got a friend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Got the crowd going with that. Yeah. When Fire I s- and rain. That would be another one. Oh, yeah. Okay. When I say TV show theme song, what's the first thing that pops into your head? <sighs> when I was younger, my favorite cartoon show was Underdog. Underdog. Yes. Do you remember oh, how where, it sounds? Oh, where is my underdog gone? Oh, where, oh, where? Any B or something like that? I, that was it. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. <laughs> Normally, normally I make people sing. Oh, no. <laughs> but I think that is the whole theme song to Underdog. And, and, and I can hear him. Underdog. So, okay. No, I'm not going to make you sing it. Um, okay. Um, all right. It is, uh, it is actually time for your third song. Sean. All right. So this is your last song. Um, what are we going to hear here? Well, this is, a, this is an amazing song by a group called <laughs> creed yeah much aligned maligned i should say yes <laughs> although i will so let, let me let me throw myself onto the pyre with you and <laughs> let our fans know that like i in the 90s and early 2000s was also actually quite a quite a creed fan yeah um, yeah there's a lot that's not super <laughs> about it but uh i liked it so you know deal with it people um, yeah, I mean, for a while, I mean, it was it was very it was like very very popular. Yeah, that's true. That, I think that might have been part of it too. Is that but like they something were... happened? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know what happened. I mean, <laughs> life. I mean, yeah, crash and burn. Yeah, but something happened where it was no longer cool to listen to Creed, and it was fast because yeah. they because they were like in everything. They were in movies. They were in TV shows. Uh, obviously, like you know, there used to be this thing where called these things called music videos on the television, and you yeah. could watch songs, <laughs> and they had like five going at the same time. Uh, you know, that might have been it, honestly. Like the oversaturation probably didn't help the crashing and the burning. That's true. They played that thing. They played his songs like forget it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, which song? Which Creed song are we? Um, are we going to listen to here? It's called the Faceless Man. Story or song first. Song first. All right. Uh, This is Faceless Man by Creed off of uh, Human Clay, released in 1999. And we do have a little metal going on in this song. So for those that may be listening, enjoy the little bit of metal. Enjoy the little of metal. So where are you um, when you listen to that? I am in my car 
and I am struggling uh, with having it all, uh, the world being my oyster, and the internal conversation I'm having about being a good person. That's where I'm at. For you, was there, you know, like a, were those mutually exclusive or, or, or like at least, um, did those work at opposite ends? Those two things? Well, for me, um, because I experienced so much success and money, there was a lot of uh, temptations, a lot of things to pull you away, and uh, that was a that was a, a struggle for me. I was almost like two people, like you'd see the cartoon where God's on one side and the devil's on the other. Yeah, and you're in the middle, and you're there's this conversation going on in your head. Yeah, that was what was going on with me. And then the, what was uh, what was so amazing to me, I remember when I was listening to the song, I mean, Creed's not a Christian band. Technically. Right. Right, yeah. Play it on, I mean, they weren't playing him on Christian music stations. Right. And they weren't advertising or identifying him as being a Christian on secular stations. And his audience was 99%, I'm guessing, secular. Uh, and I remember listening to it back when, like, wait, what? what is he talking about? Is he talking about Jesus Christ? I, I always thought that this was a reference to um, Jacob in the river with the faceless man. You know, like uh, when you talk about standing against the faceless man, and fighting not to say that I thought that's what he meant it always made me think of yeah. like the story of Jacob and the river and his naming being renamed to Israel like yeah it just brings it up for me many Jewish people believe and the Christian people believe that um, that Jesus comes the Messiah comes Moshiach comes two times the first time he comes as uh, Moshiach ben Yosef which is the suffering servant, and which is depicted in the Jewish scriptures, especially in Isaiah 53. Uh, but then he is also um, Moshiach ben David, which is the warrior. And so it's, well, I love the part where he says, I saw the will of a warrior. Mm. Excuse me. I saw his face on the water. He looked humble but willing to fight. I saw the will of a warrior. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's, you know, Jesus says that. Yep. And I was like, wow. And when he says, he looked me right in the eyes, direct and concise to remind me to always do what's right. Um, that's a sign that that's the Lord. And then near the end, it says, next time I see this face, I'll say I choose to live for always. 
So won't you come inside and never go away? Which is a um, which is indicative of asking the Lord to come inside your heart. And I was like, man. Well, I learned later on that um, he. Is it, uh, Scott Stapp? Pentecostal. The, yeah, Scott Stapp, the lead yeah, singer. Yeah, yeah, Pentecostal. I mean, you want to talk about a textbook example of somebody that experienced so much success and fame. And unfortunately, and he'll be the, would be the first to admit it, crashed and burned. Mm-hmm. You see it happen a lot with athletes and, and musicians and actors and actresses or people that come into a lot of money that can be people to people to win the lottery for that matter oh yeah i think it's more, much more than half of the people i think it's like 85 percent with the lottery go like bankrupt like, yeah yeah it's crazy to think yeah. about but the, if you listen to all the marketing messages if you have money i mean you'll you'll that's it yeah but if you listen to steve jobs steve jobs would say uh yeah so i had billions of dollars and i'll give it all away if you can cure me of pancreatic cancer right his money meant nothing to him. Right. So anyway, I liked the song is, is just very, very powerful to me. You know, this is the yearning to want to honor God, uh, which is a an act of obedience. It's not because you feel it. Right? Character, right? It's not because you feel like doing it. Um, and that is very, very powerful to me. So, uh, yeah, it was very impactful song to me back then. And uh, back then is about when in your life? Uh, 20 years ago. Oh, so it's like when this was ago. still fairly new, like on the radio. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Is there any particular song that you avoid listening to because of a specific memory that it might bring you to? Believe it or not, um, there is there are a couple of songs that I don't like listening to. You'll probably edit this. Um, I probably won't. You, yeah. <laughs> but at least I'll feel better because I'll sleep better tonight. Oh, okay. There are some songs, again, I've heard some uh, songs that some Christian artists sing versions of songs that are, I don't know, man, just the voice just looks like fingernails on a chalkboard. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Or they just, it's like they're singing it and it's, they're like, it it feels condescending to me. Yeah. Um, and I'll hear the song and my wife will hear the song because yeah. we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Here. She'll be like, would you mind turning that channel? Yeah. I say, no problem. I, so I actually, this is, this is actually a pretty solid criticism. And I think that like, if you want something to be better, be ready to criticize it. Like I like in Christian music, I think that like, I think sometimes people get a pass because of the genre, right? Your audience is built in. So like, yeah. even if you do it pretty badly, they could be like, yeah, but they're Christian. So like, we should, we should celebrate that the music exists. I, I feel like, um, if you want people who don't agree with you to maybe pay attention to it, you should probably put the work in to make it ex- excellent, regardless of what the, what you believe about the words in the song. And so like, I think that sometimes it gets a pass. We had, we have a guest, um, Caleb Neff. Um, from years ago now, um, he's, uh, he's a musician, he's a recording artist, uh, like, um, he records musicians, 
he's also a musician mm-hmm. and we've talked about we and on the show we talked about this like that that occurs sometimes and it's kind of a shame because um if your goal is to have a good message and to also be good music you might damage the former by by failing at the latter so um mm-hmm. if you were a pro wrestler <laughs> what would your walk on music be Oh, it would definitely be the Queen song. Which, oh, We Are the Champion? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess because, yeah, you were a high school wrestler. Yeah. So you would just t- carry it on yeah. right over. Okay. Um, yeah, 100%. What would, your, what would your wrestler name be? Oh, my gosh. What? <laughs> I don't know. You, didn't, you weren't ready for that one. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know how any answer comes out good. <laughs> Jeez. That's the point. Well. Would it just be Sean Milton? Yeah. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> yeah. There are some wrestlers, some, some pro wrestlers, it's yeah. just their name. So sure. Yeah, there's some guys in boxing and MMA, and it's just like Well those, oh. well, those are well that's that's different. Yeah. <laughs> those aren't the characters. Jose Alvarez. And oh, it's yeah. like not Jose Bulldog Alvarez. Right. right. It's like I like I like, yeah, that guy just stands by his name, man. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Okay. Yeah, here comes Sean Milchan. <laughs> um uh, we're putting together kind of like a like a drink book. We're gonna have like a like a party at a venue near us. Um, like we're gonna make a little recipe book. So if you were a drink of some kind, can be non-alcoholic if you like. Doesn't doesn't matter. Um, but the mix. What would a Sean Milchin be? Not what you like to drink, although it can be. Like if a if a bartender was like, I'm gonna name a drink after you, Sean. What should I make it? You've done this before with your questions. Yeah. A few why, times. Why couldn't you have told me about this before? Give me a chance to prepare. You've heard of the show before. You get to listen to some episodes. <laughs> well, I should have listened yeah. more. Huh. Well, uh, I I like rum. I would probably put orange juice in there because uh, it's healthy. The <laughs> counter off the rum. Yeah, there you go. Evens it out. Um, <laughs> Uh, I would probably put some, like maybe red grenadine in it. Okay. Because I like color. Because I don't know, just white with orange is not colorful enough. So I'd put red in it. I would do, I probably would do a spiced coconut rum, though. There is a distillery in our town. In uh, It's in Cape Coral, but yeah, it's 20 minutes from me. Like in in Southwest Florida yeah, called Wicked Dolphin. And that's like their specialty is really? like spiced coconut. All of the, all of the rum is coconut dis, dis, um, distilled. And, um, is they, it potent? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's not that you'd know. No, it's pretty down the middle, oh, okay. but they make like, you know, they make silver, golden spiced, like oh. all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I think I would probably do, Cause I think that that would be, yeah. All right. And now you have to name it. Smooth living. The smooth living. That's a good name. If you could broadcast any song into the head of every person simultaneously in the world, what song would you do? Nicole Nordman sings a song called What If. What If by Nicole Nordman. Hey, what song would you love to hear for the first time again? Like you'd never heard it before. How great thou art. Mm, that's a good answer. Yeah. 
What do you think your 14-year-old self would think of you today? Well, my 14-year-old self was had a lot going on in his head. <laughs> That's another good question. I didn't look at people that were older with a great deal of respect when I was younger. Um, so... So if you, if your 14-year-old self walked in that door right there uh-huh. and you said, hey, take a look around. This is where we're going to be. What do you think he would think about you? I think that he would be very happy. Because I made it through uh, the difficult, difficult times and trials, etc. with my wife. With my health, you know, having two boys, yeah, I think he would be, I think he'd give it a thumbs up. And if you could leave him with a quick message, what would you tell him? I would talk kind of like the younger me song. I would try to talk to talk with him about the um, contentment and satisfaction of things that um, you really can't put a dollar value on that are much more fulfilling and balance. I would talk about balance. Okay. Well, it's time to recommend three people who you think would be good guests on this podcast uh, who you say that you'll share it with them once your episode is released. Well, I was surprised to find out that your father... Michael had not been interviewed. Yeah, we've talked about it. So, and yeah. I would, he would be definitely on the list. Okay, because Michael beat the odds, mm. and um, he did so by putting people, other people first, and standing up for his his uh, values. Yeah. A man um, of conviction, absolutely. That that really did it. I mean, um, I'll never forget when we worked together at Pitney Bowes, he was needing to make some sales for the month. He was kind of in a struggling rough patch. And an opportunity for came up for him to sell some equipment at a clinic that... Um, performed abortions and so regardless of whether you know you say i believe in abortion i believe in abortion point was is that his conviction of he was not going to sell he was not going to be a part of selling the equipment right even if it meant him losing his job right and you know in sales you know you don't hit your it's numbers sales. you're you know they don't care what you've done for them in the past. Only, only you're only as good as your last sale. Well, yeah, you know, for, I could tell you a lot of stories about Michael. So that, but he's your dad, so I won't do that. <laughs> you probably know him. Believe it or not, I would. I don't know if my dad would agree to do something like this, but I would recommend. I would say my dad. My dad is a. He's another person that beat the odds. Well, remember, so like you're committing to get him to listen to this episode right now that we're listening to. The word that we're making, so you got to get him to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, then, no, I mean, and then be like, you know, hey, that you know, do that. 
if he felt that I, mean, I if he felt that it's was going to if if it was felt it was going to bring attention to himself or something like that he probably yeah. but he's another person that beat the odds because I think he was the first Jewish policeman hmm. in St. Petersburg yeah and he went on to um become uh he was in law enforcement for 42 years he became a police chief yeah i heard you say that to the waitress today i didn't know that yeah uh of uh st p beach and then pinellas park speaking of conviction um i could tell a lot of stories about my daddy but one time uh my mom got stopped for speeding and of course, as soon as they saw our driver's license, he said, <laughs> "Sorry, man." Milchan is not yeah. a common last no. name. So they realized, "Ah, oh, this is uh, this is David Milchan's wife," <laughs> and they called him, and they said, uh, uh, "You know, Mr. Milchan, we've you know, we've stopped your wife. She was speeding. Uh, what what do you want us to do?" He says, "We'll write her a ticket." And uh, she was infuriated that he would do that. And then uh, another another story and is uh, that he, um, when he was a police chief in Pinellas Park, he instituted a rule that um, you were not allowed to have a loaded firearm while you were at the police station, while you were inside, mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, anyway, so he was in his office... And he was cleaning his pistol. There was a bullet in one of the chambers. And it went off. Fortunately, he didn't hit anybody. So he suspended himself. Mm, yeah. So that's my dad. Okay. And I so I would say that is... Uh, that is that... I would probably say, believe it or not... My sister, Bonnie. Bonnie, yeah. Very, very, very smart. Um, very kind. Wonderful mother. Wonderful grandmother. And you know, she's had uh, she's had some struggles in her life, and I just think the way she's handled the struggles, and the way she deals with some of the struggles or challenges or controversial things or things like that she does it with a tremendous amount of dignity and purity she's wonderful um uh, it's been wonderful for my mom and dad she's a wonderful friend to people and she's very much into music um doesn't hurt she's very much into music you know more so than I don't know more so than me, but she, I think she'll have a better recollection. I think she has more <laughs> cells left. <laughs> all right, um, that would be it. All right, thanks for the recommendations. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts about this whole process? Uh, all of you. Well, um, I just you know again, thank you. This is a. I mean, this is um, this has been nice, thought provoking. Uh, gives me a chance to. You know, talk about some things that I, you know, that that I believe in. Talk a little bit about my wife and my children and my family. 
I just been it's been nice. It's been a nice experience, and and hopefully, you'll be able to touch a lot of other people. It's kind of interesting that this is. I don't know how good it will be, or helpful it will be, or inspirational, or entertaining it will be for other people. But from somebody that's sitting here answering the questions, thinking about it, it's also it was a a feel good moment. So thank you. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is the co-creator and host, and Tara Callaghan is our online content producer and host. Production assistance is by Jared the Intern Gonzalez, and Chris Duffis is our executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're going back one year to episode 135 with Katie Lyon. Every time I hear this song, it like really does bring a smile to my face because my mom and I, we sit out on her back porch. You know, she lives here in Florida, so you can do that any time of year. And she would always have like her Jack Daniels or her Michelob Ultra <laughs> drink of choice. And, you know, we'd sit out there and um, she was battling breast cancer. So she had started her treatment when this whole album came out. And that's by the High Women. And I was showing her it. I was like, Mom, you've got to hear this band because... I love Brandy Carlisle, and she's part of this little um, group of four. I shouldn't say little, very mega star group of four. And um, she just loved the album. And this one, there's a lot of, like, in this particular song, there's a lot of good imagery that makes me think my mom is up there just partying, you know, as if she's in downtown Nashville. Like, you know, (laughs) there's a, what does the line say? Like, um, there's a choir singing with a southern accent and a fiddle in the band it's just like yeah that's what's going on right now (laughs) at least that's how i like to think about it keep listening next time on three song stories do you have Uh, a favorite well one of the ones i'm probably most proud of that i like was the head of our our working mother support group. His name was Erasmus B. Dragon. Yeah. yeah.